Hello everyone, this is Jeremy and welcome to Anime Dine In. So for today's episode, I am speaking with Laura, the co-con chair of Cleveland Concoction. This is a multi-fandom convention that I've actually attended a few times and I've even ran some programming there the past two uh, conventions that I've been to. It's a really fun convention that I definitely recommend checking out if you're in the area. In this episode, we get into the life of running a con, as well as talking about how Laura became a geek in the first place and getting into what led her to wanting to run and create this event. Now, I know that this sort of deviates from anime, and we actually rarely even talk about anime in in this episode at all. But I think some variety is always a good thing, and I like that I was able to branch out a bit, and I hope you enjoy the episode. If you liked the episode, make sure to give me a follow, share, and review on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or Stitcher. These things will all help me grow. And lastly, I am always looking for new guests to be on the show, so if you'd like to be a guest, please just hit up AnimeDineIn.com and check the contact page. Thanks. Hi, Laura. Thanks so much for making the time out today to to be with us and to talk to us about Concoction. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, How are you doing? I am doing great. Thank you for asking. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so from what uh, I understand and from what I also know is that you are the co-con chair of Cleveland Concoction. And from what I understand is that this is a multi-fandom nonprofit convention. Is that correct? That is correct. We are 501c3. Okay. Uh, do you want to go into a little bit of what that means and uh, what that means uh, for the convention, as well as what that means just in general, and what and more about what uh, you guys are do, what you guys do, what you stand for, basically your whole concoction pitch. Sure, sure. Um, so concoction, um, like a lot of fandom events, um, you may have heard some other conventions um, around the Ohio or Midwest area, such as Marcon, uh, WindyCon, uh, Starbase Indy. Um, It is a uh, fan-run event, so our tagline is usually um, one of two. Uh, We are by the fans for the fans, um, but we are also your fandom escape by the lake. Um, We are a 501c3 not-for-profit, all-volunteer-run endeavor. So we are always looking for volunteers, and uh, we formed that way. We started as as a non-profit venture. Um, most of our focus is towards um, the arts, the sciences, uh, fandom in general, but we really do try to also focus on having educational components at the convention as well. Oh, great. Okay. Um, so this year, I know the, and I did a couple of panels there, it was in February, right? Uh, no. Uh, no, March. 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 Mm-hmm. And uh, which, uh, so how many years has the con been going on? Which, which, which year was this or what year were we in? So Concoction originally formed um, in November of 2012. And um, our first convention was actually in 2014. Um, the, that was the only year we were in actually May. And after the first year, we shifted to March, and we've been in March ever since. Um, normally, up until the last couple of years, we've been the second weekend of March. Um, and 2019 was our sixth year. Okay. Um, so do you mind talking about sort of uh, how Concoction formed? So what gave you the idea to start this con? What kind of helped breed that to come together? That's always a really interesting question. Um, so... Fandom in Cleveland goes back really far. 
Um, as far as, um, have you ever heard of a show called Star Trek? Oh, I'm sure many of you have a show called Star Trek. Just, yes. It's just this little show that, you know, existed for a very short period of time, uh -huh. um, many years ago. Yeah, no um, movies, no, no spinoffs, no nothing. No, no spinoffs, no, <laughs> no parodies, nothing like that at all. Um, I, I, I have not seen said trailer. Um, but, um, at least not yet. But, um, if you've ever heard of an event called WorldCon, um, that, uh, that actually happened in Cleveland in 1966, and so um, you know that's where Star Trek debuted. So Cleveland has this really long history of fandom, and for a period of time, um, from about the uh, late 80s, early 90s, um, fandom sort of dropped off for a little bit. There used to be a con called EarthCon that went away. Um, you know, other corporate cons came in, Volcon. Um, for a very brief time, there was a, a con called Lagrange Con, but they were very short lived. You know, there was five years here, seven years there. Um, so there really hadn't been a fan run event like Marcon, like Capricon, that are in some of the other cities like Chicago and Columbus, um, that, you know, could thrive here. So a small group of us kind of got together and we're like, hey, you know, we really like fandom. We really like conventions. Several of the, the original formation group, um, you know, had actually grown up near cons or grown up in cons. Um, so they, you know, we were kind of like, why are we driving, you know, two and four hours to always go to another city, another state? Um, why do we not have one here? I mean, there's, there's local comic cons. Um, you know, there's some other local, there's, um, Cinema Wasteland. I don't know if you've heard of that one. That one's actually pretty good. It happens a couple times a year here. Um, but, you know, we didn't have a multi-genre fandom convention that could touch on all different points of fandom, not just anime, not just comics, not just sci-fi, not just fantasy, a little bit of everything. And we're like, you know, maybe we should look into starting something like this. Um, so we actually had meetings and, you know, the, the original group formed it. There was nine of us. And we basically said, okay, 2014, we're going to give it 18 months and we will do the legwork and do the buildup um, to, to bring a fan run con to Cleveland. And that's exactly how it started. Wow. Ah, that's amazing to learn learn some of that history. Yeah, all of us we we really wanted to start something that the community could help carry forward, and you know, uh, the love of fandom in general. Okay, so can you talk a little bit about what that first year was like? So this is a brand new convention that mm -hmm. a small group of people is starting discussions about, and the and um, doing some planning. So can you talk a little bit about? some of that process and some of the things that um, that you went through to get to the 2014 uh, convention. Okay. Um, so, you know, there's, there's things like picking the name. Um, you know, we had to kind of look at other cons, look at cons that were still existing, some cons that were gone. What's behind the name Concoction? Um, um, well, I mean, it's a multi-genre con. So it's, you know, it's a concoction. It's a little bit of this. It's a little bit of that. We kind of add a little bit of everything in. Okay. Um, and concoction's a little different because if you actually look at our themes, every year is a mashup. We usually take two different things and put them together. The first year was the only year we didn't do that um, because 2014 was, you know, bring your geek. We wanted to see what geek Cleveland could bring to the con. What was, what was their interest? What was their drive? What was their fandom? 
um, we wanted them to share that with us so that we could try to pick up those things and make it much more of a community-based event off of other people's interests. Um, because it's not just about the original people that formed it or the people that were supporting them. Um, so, you know, the year after that was, you know, a theme like steampunk and wonderland. We took Alice in Wonderland and steampunk and mashed them together. And seeing as they were in a very good time period, it seemed the good way to do it. Um, but as far as starting the very first year, um, we actually had a launch party. Um, where we did a fun drive and got the word out and had a game day. Um, it was actually in Parma. Um, yeah, the, the business isn't there anymore, um, unfortunately, but they were, they were very welcoming. We, we had a whole day event there. Um, lots of board games, drawing prizes. Um, at that time, Immortals, um, actually came in and did a draft run for Magic the Gathering. It was, it was really a fun time. Um, and it was like a year from the event. So it was kind of like, hey, a year from now is when we are. So it was, you know, bring your friends, bring bring your family. We, you know, we were very much a family-oriented con. So it was, you know, bring the kids, let them play some games. You know, we'll be doing some stuff in the evening, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so that was a lot of fun. And then going into it, it, it's you start getting into things like psych selection, trying to find hotels that have enough function space. And that's one of the things that has shifted for cons that have, you know, the older cons that have been running for 30, 40, 50 years, a lot of hotels used to have a lot of function space because people would have weddings and things like this. Um, and now a lot of your cons end up at places like convention centers. Um, we wanted to stick more with the, the hotel model. Um, it, it gives people, um, you know, a bit more of a relaxed atmosphere, there's less, you know, the big open air, all your feel like you're walking through a giant mall. We really wanted to have spaces where you could have classroom breakout sessions and, you know, meet and greets and things like that in a bit more of an intimate atmosphere and help create that sense of community. Um, so we actually ended up at the Sheraton at the airport for our first four years. Um, and they were very welcoming. The staff there was always wonderful, always helpful. Um, you know, I can't say enough on how well they treated us for several years. Um, and they really took a chance on us. Um, they, they hadn't, um, dealt with a group or an event like us before. And so they kind of took a chance on, is this going to work? Is this something that's going to be a good fit? And, you know, we, we wrote out the first year and they really enjoyed it. All of the staff, you know, were having fun. They were playing along. Um, my favorite story from the very first year was a woman at the desk who actually brought in her photo album from home to show us the picture of the Batleth hanging over her TV. Oh, wow. I mean, it was just, it was like, yay, you know, we, <laughs> we found a home where there's other geeks that get us. So, you know, it, it was very much a, a growing experience on all sides and everybody came out very positive from it. So, yeah, oh, but wow. we were, um, just under 500 people. Mm -hmm. um, we go by badges. So a lot of your larger conventions, they give gate numbers. So that's how many people go in and out of the gate. We actually, all of our attendees are members. They're members of the group. They're members of the con. They can have a say. They can come to meetings. They can, you know, say, hey, I think we should do something differently. 
And because of that, everybody who comes in, they all get an individual badge. They all have their information with us and we keep that safeguarded. But it's, it's very much a, you're part of the community. You're part of the membership. So it's, it's a little bit of a different spin on that. Um, but yeah, so just under 500. And, um, as far as our, our guest the very first year, our, um, major guest of honor that year was Rod Roddenberry. Um, if you know who Gene Roddenberry is, that was Gene Roddenberry Jr. Wow. It was his son. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Super right. cool guy. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Yeah. It's incredible. Wow. We um, had other guests as well, but that was mm-hmm. our, that was our major media guest of honor that year. Wow. Okay. Okay. Um, so now that you've been having concoction for several years now, mm-hmm. um, do you think you could talk a little bit about, uh, the planning process? So, um, so initially when you first started in the first year, you said you had to pick a name and then find a venue. Mm-hmm. Um, so now it seems like you probably have some of that stuff pretty, well, the name is obviously pretty yeah. solidified and I'm sure of other mechanics. Yeah, so, the tax paperwork took care of that. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. So now that you've been going for a few years, um, what is the planning process like now? So say we are a year out from the mm-hmm. next concoction, maybe not like right now, but just for example, uh, where would you start and then, uh, and then like, where would you be like six months out and then a week out? Can you talk about that process? Um, a little bit. Yeah, I yeah. can. Um, and sometimes it shifts. I mean, you got to remember we're all, we're all volunteers. So some of us, you know, things might be, um, a, a week delayed, a month delayed, um, just because vacations and, you know, people have, you know, their, their real work jobs and things like that. Um, but usually even before we finish the con, so even before we finish the con this year, we were already reaching out and talking to people for 2020. We were already, you know, trying to find out, hey, who could we get? Who would be interested? Who wants to come back? Who wants to be a first time? Um, so, you know, it's one of those situations where we try to start getting those questions answered even six months before the con. Um, we start laying some of those groundworks. And, you know, this at this point, Sometimes we're still looking for guests for this year, and it's sometimes we're already now looking for guests for 2021. Okay. So it's one of those, we're constantly talking to people, we're constantly reaching out, we're constantly networking, um, just because we could reach out to a guest, you know, two months ago that they say, hey, 2020 is not going to work for me, but keep me on your radar, my schedule might be better in 2021. Um, so we do try to... Um, get um, a variety of guests um, that are um, across the board. So men, women, um, people that are, you know, LGBTQIA um, inclusive. We're very um, accepting of just about everyone. Um, I, I don't, it's one of those situations of if you can make it and, and we can, you know, bring you in, we would love to have you. Um, we're extremely inclusive in that respect. Um, so it's one of those situations of does your time frame work? Does your work schedule work? Does your travel work? It's March, you know, sometimes flying in doesn't always work. Um, but we do try to do that as much as possible. So, you know, we've already secured the hotel. We already secured that well in advance. We had, you know, a multi-year contract. So, um, you know, our hotel liaison was fantastic in getting that set up for us at the Bertram, um, because we did move to the Bertram and that was actually started, oh uh, gosh, 2017, no, 2018 now. 
Because 2019 is, is our second year at the Bertram. So 2020 will be at the Bertram again. This is the Bertram in Aurora, correct? Correct, yeah. correct. Um, which is out near where um, old Geauga Lake and old SeaWorld was. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. So, yeah. So we, we start well in advance um, reaching out to other cons. We keep... Um, uh, the person who works in publicity, um, Ashley, she works with a lot of different conventions to get our flyers out there, get our ads in their books, things like this, so that we're constantly, if not getting flyers and ads out, um, you know, we sometimes send people to conventions. We had people at Marcon um, sitting table, and we had a small um, get-to-know-us party um, at the convention. So we do a little bit of everything. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Absolutely. So, with uh, with running a con, I mean that I I guess that would be something that you would want to do. I mean, you've been doing it for several years, mm-hmm. and so you've been involved in geek culture for for some time to the point to where you'd want to do a con. So, how long have you been uh, involved in geek culture? I mean, how, what what got you started in that? Geek culture or conventions? So let's start with talking about how you got into geek culture initially mm-hmm. and then talk about how what made you interested in going to conventions and then starting to uh, become someone who wanted to host and plan these events. Gotcha. So as far as geek culture goes, um, I am a geek from pretty much birth. <laughs> um, I, you know, grew up playing Atari, you know, Atari 2600 and playing E.T. and He-Man on the... Atari, and I mean, I don't know if you've ever heard of a game system called Intellivision. That's kind of how old I am. Uh, um, <laughs> sure you know, playing Burger Time. <laughs> um, you know, like I remember one of my my earliest favorite movies was The Last Unicorn, and if you actually look up the animation staff, it's actually an anime. Um, <laughs> so you know, and it's done by the same folks, or at least owned by the same folks who did The Hobbit and the um, Return of the King animated uh, movies back around that time as well. So, um, I got into a lot of um, classic, what would be now considered classic um, geekdom at a very young age. Um, you know, I I still remember my favorite character from Star Wars as a kid was Wicket, and I had Wicket slippers. I mean, <laughs> you know, we're we're talking geek. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, don't be afraid to just go all out and no, yeah. No. Um, but yeah, no. So I I mean, I started early. You know, I've I've always been a a big Dark Crystal fan. Matter of fact, um, I I love it so much that as an adult, I had to. Um, purchase um, an original artwork from Jeff Carlyle, who was a con guest at one point, years before the con even existed. I had to buy his original artwork from Dark Crystal um, that he did, which is, yeah, it's gorgeous. Um, but yeah, so, you know, Jim Henson and uh, Star Wars and Star Trek. And I mean, even to the point of, you know, movies that you don't even hear much of anymore like the incredible shrinking woman or the thing and the blob and um swamp thing you know i grew up with usa movies up all night with gilbert godfrey you know it's just so you know it's i i've been a geek for a very long time yeah i mean i even my my favorite comic books when i was growing up were like felix the cat and ghost rider and spider-man and Unfortunately, I didn't discover Wonder Woman until way later. 
Um, but yeah, even then it was just like, oh, yay. Okay. This is this. There's a comic book about girls and it's not just guys. So finding, finding fandom and and geek things that revolved around, uh, women at all was always difficult. Um, but I mean, even my Halloween costumes as a kid, I dressed as Princess Leia with the, you know, plastic mask in the eighties. So, (laughs) so yeah, so it goes back a ways. (laughs) Okay. Um, this has been off question of that. So what do you think set, so getting, so being interested in those types, uh, mm-hmm. in that type of content and those types of shows, movies, mm-hmm. um, books, uh, what do you think sets that stuff apart? Uh, just in your personal opinion, what do you think sets that apart from other types of things that other people would have been into? Like maybe sports or like, uh, maybe Western movies or like anything that would be considered like non geekdom well, or those types, other types of shows? I, I think. I think these days you kind of have to really look at it more as everybody has their own geek. So I can't say that sports isn't a geekdom. It's it's much more of a physical geekdom. There's much more physical aspects to it. But I mean, even these days you have esports that revolve around, you know, uh, different soccer and um, football and baseball. So even at that point, that's now a geekdom. Um, so you can't, I can't really say that these are any more considered geek than anything else. Um, but they're more, if you go, if you go back that far, they're more considered classically geek, I guess is the better way to put it. You know, I might as well be like, yeah, okay. You know, I always wanted to play on a Commodore 64, but I never got to, you know, I ended up on a Windows machine, you know. Um, so it's just kind of like, you know, to what level of tech geek, um, entertainment geek. So I can't really say that I'm any more geek than someone else. I'm just more, um, book based or entertainment based or, um, movie based, you know, so, so more, more along the, the mental, and um, emotional side rather than the physical. Yeah. Um, but then once you start getting into my interest in cosplay, then you start bringing in the physical aspects. So it really depends on which end you really want to look at it. Yeah. Um, so what what about those types of stories or those type or that type of uh, movies, content, and books um, drew you more to that instead of the other, uh, I guess, geekdom mm-hmm. uh, groups? Um, well, I was often very much a reader growing up. Um, you know, I was, I was very much, um, one of those that I remember reading the entire, um, series for, um, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, you know, um, Prince Caspian, all those. I read those in less than a week, you know, growing up. Um, I remember reading, you know, books from Stephen King, like It and The Stand in like less than, you know, three days. Um, and if you know the stand in paperback form, it's like a thousand page book. It's not small. So I was very much a reader growing up. Um, I remember going to a lot of dusty half price paperback stores and turning in everything I could so that I could get another book. Um, because I didn't get to go to the library very much. There wasn't like a library that was easy for me to get to. So the, the half price dusty, you know, paperback store with the old man behind the counter was, was the place to go. Um, 
And I, I was one of those that I didn't have a lot of kids as neighbors. So I was very much in my own little world of, you know, what's, what, what's this, you know, new thing on the TV? What's the new video game? There wasn't, there wasn't a lot of other people to bounce around with. So, you know, I, when I would go visit people, you know, that's when I would get to games. So that's when I would get to, you know, learn more things like D and D and, play other card games because we didn't have a lot of games in the family. So I didn't get to pick up things like D and D everybody's like, Oh, you know, RPGs are the best. Yeah. Well, I didn't get to do that till like high school. Uh-huh. You know, um, I tried when I was a kid, when I lived in a different place and it was very much a, you know, girls can't join the universe. You know, it was very yeah. much like, you know, ET when the, you know, Gertie's trying to get in and mm-hmm. they're like, you can't join in the middle of the universe or whatever. You know, it was very much, not accepted for the girls to be joining in whereas now you know like the girls these days are like oh yeah let's let's let her play you know it's, yeah, it's mean, very different you have these days i mean you have women dms oh yeah or, or gm oh is fine. both is fine G- GMs are DMs. <laughs> both are acceptable um, and yeah and i think that's really cool that um the fan i mean and i speaking from a guy's perspective yeah. but for me it seems like the fandom's uh, or geekdom is more inclusive than what it, it probably would have used to be. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there still might be some issues, uh, that I'm not. When I was growing up, mm-hmm. it was, it, a lot of fandom was very much a boys thing. Um, yeah. it wasn't, you know, I remember growing up cause you know, I'm, I am a little bit older, which, you know, I may not act it, but you know, um, it was always very much a, well, that's a boy thing. Why are you doing the boy thing? And I'm just like, because this is what I like, you yeah. know, I, I buck that system. Um, so I very much ascribe to the old 80s Lego ads where there's the girl that's holding the thing that she made, you know, and she's, you know, looks like she's a tomboy. And I'm like, that's, yeah. that's me. That's perfect. Yeah. You know, I don't stick in one area. So for me, getting into geekdom and getting into fandom um, was very much a, a way of escapism from this whole you can't do X, Y, or Z. You know, it. You, you when I was growing up, it was very much a... You, you finish school, you go to high school, you go to college, you get married, you have the kids, you know, 2.5 kids and the picket fence and the dog and the cat. Um, and that's the thing. Not all of us fit that mold. So in fandom and in geekdom growing up, it was very much a, you can be the princess. You can be the princess that saves herself. You can, you know, be the princess that looks at the guy and is like, no, I got this. Get out of my way. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so there wasn't these, these roles ascribed to these characters. And it was harder to find the female characters at that time. Um, and more of them are emerging. Um, but I mean, even going through, like, that's why I liked, um, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is because they had, there was four children, but it was two girls and two boys. You know, it was even, it was, they, yeah, the girls played a supporting role, but they didn't always support. They charged in, you know, so it was, it was always very much more empowering when you got more into fandom and fantasy and science fiction that women were not always the support. They were often the one going, let's do this thing. Yeah. So. Yeah, that was great. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for that. (laughs) So being a co-con chair and all of the activities that go into planning planning this event and it being surrounded amongst just geekdom and fandom in general and you yourself being a fan of all of this stuff so do you ever find that there's times where it's hard to like separate the two like so you basically in a sense are turning your fandom into work 
So is that something that you feel or is that something that, that, um, that you don't really see it as much of that? Happen. Um, so, I mean, there is a lot of work involved. I mean, I'm not going to say that that's not, not the case because there is a lot of work involved. There's a lot of timelining. Um, there's a lot of emailing. Um, there's a lot of people messaging me through Facebook and I'm like, Hey, can you drop me an email? Because, um, I have that whole system of if I should get hit by a meteorite or a bus the next week, someone else needs to take over for me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm human just like everyone else and there always needs to be a backup plan. So I prefer that, you know, yeah, it's, it's older systems, but I prefer an email to be sent so that, you know, if somebody, you know, needs to take over after me, they get the password and they can go ahead and carry that ball forward. Um, but I mean, it is, it is very much a, you know, uh, yeah, it's my fandom, but it's also my work hobby. Um, I mean, I have a lot of different hobbies, but I mean, when it, when it does come down to it, um, you know, there are a lot of hours involved, not just the volunteer hours I put in during the con and not just the volunteer hours that other people that help uh, run the different departments and the board members put in, you know, during the con, we do work throughout the year. Um, we host other smaller events as well as the convention. So it is a lot of networking and side work. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. So that, that being the case, I know for myself and I've, obviously a big anime person and I watch a lot and go mm -hmm. to conventions. I mean, there's been times for myself that I've just been completely burned out of it. And I just like, I can't deal with this anymore. I, yeah, you know, I need to go watch like some, something like brainless on Netflix and just not be involved and just step away from it. Is there times where you feel like that's the case or is it just like a constant you're always raring to go and like always like, Oh no. I mean, passion? everybody goes through their ups and downs. I mean, I get to the end of a con weekend and I mean, I don't just mean concoction. I mean like going to windy con, going to Starbase Indy, going to whatever. Um, you know, I get to the end of a weekend and I've, you know, talk to a lot of people and, you know, you're not sleeping in your own bed. You're not in your own regular space. You're on different varying schedules. You're not eating in normal times, you know, so it throws your, your whole, you know, time frame out of whack for three, four days sometimes. Um, so you know, that can be really draining, you know, um, a lot of geeks are introverts. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we spend a lot of time behind a computer screen. Yep. <laughs> so when you, when you go through a lot of, you know, fast paced talking and events and dinners with friends and all of these things, and you get to the end of the weekend, um, there's, there's something in fandom, um, especially conventions, um, but it has started bleeding into other, other events, uh, like LARPs and such, um, called, um, PCDS. Uh, which stands for post-con depression syndrome. So you spend so many days around all these people and, you know, you're used to being at home, hermiting in your cave of a house. And, you know, you get to the end of a weekend with, you know, anywhere from 500 to 5,000 of your closest friends, unless you're going to Dragon Con, that might be 70,000, whatever, you know, and you get back and you're back in your same four walls with your cat and your dog and you're like, and it's too quiet now and I have to go back to the normal sleep schedule and do laundry and do work yeah, and do other work. And 
can I go back to my con now? <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's there's that that comes into play. Um, but, I mean, it, by by the end of it, yeah, I mean, it's there are days that just like any other job. Um, yeah, I'm a volunteer just like every other volunteer that runs the con. Um, but, I mean, I have my days where I'm like, yes, I'm going to get you know, these things done and I have this list and I'm going to contact these people and it's going to be awesome. And then I have other days where I'm like, yeah, I just worked a nine hour shift at my paying job. I'm just going to go ahead and order Chinese and I'm going to put something on from Netflix. You know, maybe I'll watch Sense8 for the sixth time. I don't know. You know, there's, but there's days where you do have to unplug. You do have to do some of your own self-care. Um, the closer it gets to uh, a major event, the harder that sometimes is. Um, but you, you manage the best you can. You're only human. Yeah. Do you find it hard to, to separate, separate that? So are you all, are you someone that's like always in con chair mode or do you, or, or can you step out of that and just be Laura and not? So, um, it's people that might come across this podcast and know me, um, might know from my Facebook postings that there are times where I post, Hey guys, if, uh, if you happen to see me at a con and I'm not wearing a con shirt, um, especially at some of the cons that have, you know, evening parties and things, uh, like Wendy con and cap and Marcon do, um, I'm like, Hey, if there's a cup in my hand and I'm actually in a party, please don't talk business. This is me getting to have social time. You know, I'm, I'm not sitting behind the table in my, my polo and, you know, I'm not the face of the con in that moment. I am having my downtime to chill with you like a person. Um, not as someone who is gleaning your information. Like, I actually want to know how was your day? You know, how, how are you having a good con? Are you having fun? You know, how was your week? You know, I actually want to know about you, not just you, the cosplayer, you, the person running the party, you, you know, whatever facet you're, you're doing as whatever at that con or that event. So there are times that, yeah, I'm like, Hey, we're in the middle of a board game. Can we pick this up later? Um, so and it's something that I started picking up probably by year three where it was a constant barrage of, hey, I need this, hey, I need this, hey, I need this. And I really started to have to go, this thing is growing. I need to start setting more boundaries um, and asking people to respect those boundaries of, I have laundry to do like you. I have a job like you. I have, a, you know, a house and animals to take care of, you know, and and as well as myself. So yeah, self-care is important. It's important. Um so it, it is very much a learning how to balance of, hey, it's not that I don't want to hear what you have to say. Maybe this isn't a good time. Could we pick it up tomorrow? Or could you drop me an email? Or could we pick it up next week when I'm not standing here in the middle of a hallway trying to have a conversation with someone else? So putting those boundaries out there is important. And I've I found it's made it easier for people to talk to me not just as a concher but as me okay so did you find that setting setting those boundaries initially did that come easy or did you have was that something you had to learn how to do um how do i want to put it um it's it's one of those things where you're used to making yourself more accessible so you 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 i really had to go through the steps of 
you know, hey, I know that in the past this was okay. I really need to not do this. I really need to not have you message me at two in the morning and think you're going to get a response. I really need to be able to have dinner at a con and not have you come up to my table and ask something. You know, I, I needed to be able to, to do that. And it took time. Um, you know, there's, there's times still where, you know, I literally have to post again or say to somebody again, Hey, this has been really cool, but this isn't the time. So unfortunately it is a situation of you're not always talking to the same person and reinforcing that boundary. You keep having to do it almost every time, but the more you do it, the easier it gets. Um, it just, it's, it's a time process. It really is. Um, but at the same time, you also find that people nine times out of 10, it seems like you ask them, Hey, can you, we talk about this later? They will come back to you later. Um, it may not be when you asked, it may be two weeks later when they remember, but they're also, you know, Hey, is this, it's, it's not a, Hey, I need to talk to you about this thing right now. It's, Hey, is this a good time? Okay. You know, they, they, they will come and open that question right off with, you know, Hey, I, I know I wanted to talk to you before is now a good time. And so by setting that, you're also helping them to understand you aren't always available. So at the end of every weekend of concoction, you have a event, what's called state of the con. Now that is something that um, anyone who is in attendance, because all uh, everyone that has a badge is a member, yep. so they can go to this event. And is that and that's something where you talk about um, kind of a recap of the weekend or how things are going or things things people would like to in- implement. Well, what is that like? So, State of the Con is usually held around uh, ten o'clock in the morning, um, and it's always held in main programming. And we try to get as many of the board members as we can in the room um, so that we can discuss not only, you know, how's the weekend been, but address any um, questions, issues, things that, you know, may have come up before the con, things that we're looking at going forward, um, and really try to, you know, highlight the things that we've worked on and how we can do better for the next year even. So it's, it's very much a Q and A session as well as an informational. Um, but we, we really try to be as transparent as possible. Um, uh, for the people that do miss that, uh, that panel discussion, um, on Sunday mornings at the convention, we do try to do a little bit of a recap and closing ceremonies. It's the very last thing that we do before the con closes. So it is the very last hurrah before we close the doors for the event. Um, but it, you really don't get the same level of detail. Okay. Um, has there been any, or can you talk about any of the significant, um, things that have come out of those sessions, anything that you've taken out of that, that may have been implemented or things that you've learned of things of the con that's working or not quite working so well? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, a lot of the things that we've talked about the last few years, um, were things like, um, before we left the Sheraton, things like parking. So we constantly had a parking problem at the Sheraton, um, partially because of the new ownership that had come into play, but also partially because it's attached to the airport. So it's one of those situations of when concoction happens, it's close to spring break season. So a lot of people would stay a night at the hotel 
fly out in the morning, leave their car in the hotel parking lot for a week, and that would drastically cut down on the amount of parking we would have for the event. Um, and if you if you had been there before and you'd actually gone to and stayed in the hotel parking lot versus one of the surrounding lots, it was a huge price difference, um, parking in a lot just one space over. Um, so, you know, things like this, we, we really tried to listen of, you know, would it be better to move downtown where you're still paying for parking um, or move to one of the suburbs where you're not? And would they have enough function space? So that's the other thing we talked about function space earlier. Um, for what we do, we need a lot of function space. Um, we use a lot of ballrooms. We use a lot of boardrooms. Um, you know, Sheraton, I believe, had something like 16,000 plus square feet of function space. We were using all of it and then some. Um, we had actually gone and spilled over into some of their suite rooms. And we're, we're refitting some of their suite rooms to be additional smaller spaces for breakout sessions. Um, so it really does come down to, you know, is there food options nearby that you want that we don't have? You know, can we, is there things, are you a person who has disabilities? Do you, are you wheelchair bound? Um, you know, are there things that we can do? We can't do anything about the construction of a hotel or its placement or its curb cuts, but we do the best we can with what we know that we can do. Um, case in point, we we did several walkthroughs of the new location, the Bertram, uh, before we had 2018 there, um, to the point where the convention actually um, got a smaller ramp to put because there's actually two buildings. There's a there's the main building and there's an annex. And instead of having, because of the curb cut placement, we actually bought a smaller ramp to install um, so that people did not have to go all the way around the parking area to get to where the curb cut was with a wheelchair to then go across the walkway to the other curb cut so they could literally use the ramp that we brought, ramp straight down, and use the, the ramp that was equidistant on the other side. So we really tried to do what we could to make that need met. Um, we can't do everything. We really do try. We try to look at, you know, should we put up things like um, genderless bathrooms? How does the membership feel about this? You know, we, we really try to listen to all points and, you know, how is the con community feeling about this issue? So, you know, we brought in food trucks. That was a concern from 2018. So we brought in food trucks in 2019. That was awesome, by the way. So good. They, they, we had two different food trucks. They were both excellent. Um, so, you know, we listened to that. Um, you know, things like the Sheraton had an indoor pool. The Bertram doesn't. We can't help that the pool isn't open in March yeah. in Cleveland. Um, right. At the new hotel, <laughs> right? You know, um, we we jokingly asked about a polar bear swim. The, you know, the Bertram laughed about it too. You know, we just kind of left it, it at that. It might be ice. Yeah, it, there might be uh, there might be some snow. There might be yeah. some ice. It may not be the best time of year. Um, but we we do the best we can with what we can do as a volunteer organization to try to meet um, and 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 possibly exceed if we can the expectations of the membership. You know. Um, you know, things we hear sometimes, um, you guys don't have enough comic books. You know, we tried to bring in 
people that were voice actors that, you know, had done video games and comic characters. Um, you know, year two, we had Tasia Valenza. Um, so we tried to meet that need. We had somebody say, you know, hey, we would like to see somebody from the horror genre. Um, you know, so years t- uh, one and three, we had Santiago Cirillo, who's actually from the area. Um, he was actually in The Walking Dead. Um, you know, he came in both years and, you know, we love Santi. He's been great. He's fantastic with the community. Um, so we really do try to listen. We can't cover everything, but we try to have as much variety as possible. What are some of the things that you've learned personally being a con sheriff um, and doing this for several years? Um, personally, um, honestly, just listening to people, working with people, um, trying to be as good as I can with time management, but there's only so many hours in the day and, um, there's, there's really not a time turner. <laughs> uh, as many times as I've asked for a time turner, nobody's handed one to me. I've asked about being cloned. And I was told that was dangerous. So, <laughs> um, they've barely gotten sheep down. <laughs> I, I know, and I don't want to be named Dolly either. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it, it really is one of those situations of, you know, learning how to, um, try to work with what you've got, work with what you can work with. You know, we, we don't have the budget of a larger, you know, corporate convention, you know, that might go to, you know, four different cities. We, we just don't have it. We're, we're a smaller community based event. Um, we try to bring in guests that we think that the community or has expressed, um, the community has expressed that they have an interest in. And, you know, we really try to gear towards fandom and learning within the community, including STEM, uh, topics. So, you know, we, we do what we can when we can and understanding that, you know, we can't do it all. Um, you know, and it's, it's hard when you, when you really want to bring an event to the area that, that everyone will like, you can't please everyone. You know, we will bend over backwards trying. I will bend over backwards trying. But at the end of the day, it's one of those situations of, you can have a really great event and you're still going to have people who don't like it. And you just have to accept that you did the best you could. So that's, that's one of those things that I had to accept is, you know, um, I have a great team. Um, I have a lot of great volunteers that willingly give their time, not just at the event, but year round, um, that believe in giving back to the community not just in running the event, but in running other smaller events that give back to groups like, um, the Cleveland Food Bank and, you know, Stay a Wildcat Shelter, the, um, Rainbow Children's, uh, group, things like this. You know, they really believe that the, the community is important. Um, but, at the end of the day, if people just view us as a con and they're not getting out of the con what they expected, you can only do so much. So I think we are starting to run out of time here. Mm -hmm. Um, It's getting (laughs) getting pretty late since we are recording this at nighttime. Um, So I just kind of want to do just a quick, uh, quick wrap up and just say thank you for making the time out for, for us and getting to, 
um, to talk about concoction and get, letting us get to know a little bit about yourself and talking about some of the uh, the things involved in the life of being a of running a convention and being a con chair. I think uh, with some of the things that we talked about, you know, your passion for fandom and geekdom really shines through and I think uh, that's something that a lot of people uh, would really appreciate. So I want to thank you for that. Thank you. Okay, so before we leave uh, each other for good, uh, I want to give you the opportunity to talk about any events you have, Mike, any events that you might have going on, uh, when's the next concoction, anything you can tell us about, anything, plug your social media, go. Sure. Um, so um, I, I know this will probably be edited before we have our next event. Uh, so actually, um, this weekend coming up on July 13th, we will be having a um, full day game day food drive and pie bake off. Um, in Berea, Ohio, um, at the St. Thomas Episcopal Church. So this will probably be, I think, the third time we've held it there. Um, it'll be an all-day event. Um, we will actually be running demos of Gloomhaven. Uh, we will have board game prize drawings. Um, you know, that all of this goes, uh, there's usually even a bake sale. So it's a little bit of everything. We do a, a small kitchen um, where you can get things like chili and um you know buffalo dip things like that so it's it's a full day the volunteers run it it's it's a lot of fun i will actually be there running the the gloomhaven demos um and then in august we have um our first time um normally every year we do an appreciation picnic uh for presenters and guests and volunteers and staff of the con this year we're actually doing a public um picnic in August. I want to say it's August 18th is the date. And so we, we've rented a space. Um, we're looking at doing some kids games. Um, it's actually at one of the Metro Park shelters, um, kind of centrally located near Middleburg Heights. And so that's going to be a full day kind of thing from about 11 to 6, 7 o'clock in the evening. Um, and then outside of that, um, we are actually looking to um, wrap up information. So we're hoping to try to do a Can't Stop the Serenity event either this year or next. Um, so I don't know if you know what that is. It sounds like you're working to bring back the show, which I'm all for. <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly. So tying into a lot of our charity work that we try to do, um, what it does is it actually brings um, the movie Serenity to a local movie theater and it brings in fundraising for local charities. Um, so we actually work with a group called Can't Stop the Serenity that actually helps coordinate those charity efforts. Um, so you have to work with a local movie theater, you know, like a movie theater that would be like the Cedar Lee or um, I think that's the Orpheus that's out near um, Oberlin. So, you know, you would want to find a local theater, not, you know, a bigger cineplex. They, they usually, it's usually too big for, for something like that. Um, I know the last time they did it was a few years ago over at the Capitol. So, and we actually, we actually helped with that one. Um, so we have that. And then also, um, in addition to us attending several conventions, Con on the Cob, Nyan Con, um, what else, Windy Con and Starbase Indy in the fall, um, we're also working on a project that we started back in 2016. Um, several of our members, uh, volunteer members that uh, are staff or volunteer level, will be going to Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, there is a convention that is happening there. Um, it moves every year. It was in Santa Rosa last year called SMOFCON. And um, it's, it's a 
con about con running. Uh, it's, a, it's a con that people go to to network. Um, a lot of the people that attend this convention um, actually run an event called Worldcon. Um, and when Worldcon isn't in the US, some of those people also run an event called NASFIC. And so Concoction and uh, Cleveland in specific, uh, with the assistance of some of our friends in Chicago area as well as Columbus, have been bidding since 2016 to try to bring SMOFCON to Cleveland. Um, that doesn't mean we're bringing Worldcon here, that doesn't mean we're bringing NASFIC here, um, but we are trying to bring the event that these con runners go to to network and plan um, to the Cleveland area, and Albuquerque is where that vote will take place. So please keep your fingers crossed. Um, if you are hearing this podcast and you would like to see Concaction have SMOFCON uh, in Cleveland, please come to SMOFCON in Albuquerque and help vote for us because it is by popular vote and we are currently up against Montreal. So, you know, we, we wish the best also to Montreal. It is, uh, it is a gentleman's uh, friendly, friendly bid. You know, we're all, we're all for the love of the fandom. Um, but uh, yeah, we're trying to bring that. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, but we also, in that same vein, wanna give a shout out to um, a, a group called Marcon, also uh, known as Sole, is the parent uh, organization for Marcon. They actually just won this past weekend um, the bid for NASFIC in 2020. And several of our um, volunteers that help with concoction will be helping with NASFIC next year in Columbus, Ohio, um, because Worldcon will be in New Zealand. Um, outside of that, uh, concoction's dates for 2020 is March 20th to the 22nd. Um, typically in our history, we were normally the second weekend. Uh, due to um, other event changes, we had to go ahead and move to the third weekend in March next year. Um, this will not conflict with other cons that we um, currently work with and, and network with. We don't want to split the community base is really what it comes down to. Um, and the Bertram has been wonderful in working with us on that. Um, we are in the uh, planning stages for a winter game day as well. Um, after the summer one is over, we've already been working on site selection uh, for that event. And as soon as we have more information, we'll put it up on our website. Um, our website is clevelandconcoction.org. Uh, we do have a calendar of events on there. So if you want to see about these events, any of our monthly um, meetings, board meetings, things like that, uh, meetings are open to the public. Um, you can find those there. We have a Facebook page under Cleveland Concoction. We also have a Facebook group. So if the greater community wants to post about happenings going on or talk to each other about their, their cosplay endeavors or you know any gaming that they have going on, that's the perfect place to talk about these things. Um, outside of that, we do have Twitter and Instagram and um, we actually even have a Snapchat profile. So <laughs> we're into a little bit of everything because you know geeks support geeks. Um, but yeah, so we do have a lot of different events going on. We will be at a lot of different conventions um, you know, this year and, and going into next. So feel free to follow us on the calendar of events and, and find us. Great. Thanks. <laughs>